morning, Kavanaugh. Stand with us and let's sing.
morning, Kavanaugh. You may be seated. Welcome. How are we doing? We are so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us, whether it's in person or online. We're glad you're here today. And if you're a guest, man, thank you so much for checking out our church. We would absolutely love to meet you. Uh, you can connect with us after service in our Welcome Center at our Connect area. Or if you're online, you can let us know uh, by going online to KavanaughChurch.com. Let us know you were here. If you have questions about our church, we'd be happy to answer those for you. Uh, guys, today I'm so excited because we get to celebrate our freedom in Jesus Christ. We get to celebrate victory and eternal life. Uh, we are talking about the land of glory that we just sang about. I'm so excited about that, aren't you? Man, when Moses, he was getting ready uh, to, to see the children of Israel, uh, they were going to go on the promised land. He wasn't going to get to go, but he got to see it. But he gave his farewell address, and he told him, he said, Guys, you're not getting into this promised land because of your good deeds. He said, It's because of God's faithfulness. And he said, He alone is worthy of worship. So guess what, guys? We're not getting into heaven on our own good merit. We can't earn it. Salvation's a gift. And God's the only one that can give us eternal life. Right? There's no other way. So he alone is worthy of our worship. So today, let's pour out our praise on him because he deserves it. All right? So would you stand? I want to pray with us. And then, man, keep singing. Uh, the praise team, they've got some awesome songs lined out. So let's just, let's just give our praise and focus and, and attention to the Lord. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the privilege to be in your house today. Lord, we want to hear from you. God, we want to pour our praise out on you. Uh, and I thank you for the praise team, Lord, for all the preparation that they put into the service. So as, as they're leading us in worship to you, Lord, uh, help us to focus upward and just to, to give you all of our love. And as Brother Will comes and preaches a message from your word, Lord, just speak truth into our hearts and help us to, to listen to you, to trust you as Savior, to live our lives for you. We love you, God. We praise you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I know that uh, we are sleep-deprived this morning, <laughs> aren't we? Let's just call it like it is. I even went to bed early thinking it would help, but it didn't. I couldn't go to sleep because my body said, it's not time for you to be in bed. <laughs> but... While we're here, and I also know that on Sunday mornings, like, that is the most difficult time if you're a mother of children and you're trying to get everybody out the door. For some reason, Sunday morning is the struggle. Is anybody with me? Or is it only me? <laughs> right? While we're here in this time and in this moment, will you focus your energy, focus your thoughts heavenward, and let's concentrate on Jesus Christ. We gathered here today to worship him. Let's don't let anything get in the way of that. Let's let the Lord do what he wants to in this service.
Don, thanks for bringing a little energy in here, girl. Thank you for that. That's awesome, man. It's good to see you today. Uh, welcome to those in person. Uh, the in-person crowd keeps growing, and, and I love that. Thank you for those uh, watching online. Uh, this is a big day, not only here at Cavanaugh, but it's a big day down in Puerto Rico. Our, our friend Pastor Jose is reopening the inside of his church. Now, they have been meeting on the outside, but today is the first day, and I suppose over a year that they are able to go inside and worship in the building and uh, since we were there they've even opened that room up some they have some more seating that is available and it's my prayer that today they fill that house up Let, let's just bow our heads right now and pray for pastor jose and the uh, church in puerto rico lord would you bless pastor jose today give him a, a great sermon to preach to his people i pray that they would fill that church in puerto rico I pray that they would continue to reach out with the good news of Jesus, and I pray that we would do the same right here in Fort Smith. We ask it in Christ's name, amen, amen. And we do have a group going here pretty soon down to Puerto Rico, so be praying for those guys as, as they go down there and minister. Are you okay? Everybody good? Give me one of these or a couple of these if we're good. Fantastic. Half of you are okay. The rest... I worry about you, but we're, we're going to make it, aren't we? Hey, uh, here we are today in the Lord's Day. I'm doing a series through 2 Corinthians, talking about taking the pressures of life and turning those pressures into praise unto God. Now, God can do that in our life. He can take hard, difficult, pressure things 
anxieties, worries, difficulties, and help us overcome them, and the product is praise to God. In, in fact, that's what God is striving for, for us to look beyond the problems and give him praise. Uh, we've been doing that over the last three weeks. Today is sermon number four in this series. Last week we looked at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, telling us that uh, we have treasure in these jars of clay and our treasure is jesus in our heart and because of that you know what we don't have to lose heart well i planned on going on from chapter four this week but the lord wouldn't let me and so we're still in chapter four we're going to look at verses 16 through 18 and when i read this passage you're going to think that sounds really familiar well, it's because I preached from this passage less than five months ago, all right? But here we are again today looking at it, but from a different perspective. Five months ago, I was in that day-by-day -day series. Remember that? All of the things that happened day-by-day. -day. And we talked about this verse, verse 16, and the day-by-day -day strength that we receive from the Lord. We're going to look at it from the perspective of discouragement today rising above discouragement, defeating despair in our life. Here's what Paul said, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Now, if you'll remember last week, I said, this is the way Paul starts chapter 4. Very same phrase, we do not lose heart. And that is such an important theme or motif in this chapter he repeats it in verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things that we cannot see are eternal. Again, may the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word. And as I speak it on the outside, I pray that the Lord would speak it into your heart. How many of you in this room have ever had a moment of discouragement in your life? Raise your hand if you've ever been discouraged. Uh, if you didn't raise your hand, you've got a problem. Either you're not listening to me, you're asleep, or you're just living on a different planet, all right? Because we all face discouragement, right? Raise your hand again. You, maybe this past week you've been discouraged a little bit. You know, there are moments of discouragement. I can remember a time, though, when I went through a period of, of discouragement that almost led to depression. It was 40 years ago. Uh, I, was, I was like 19 years old. Uh, I was in my second year of college, first year of college, I stayed in Lubbock and uh, went to Texas Tech University. Second year, I transferred to Hillsdale Free Will Baptist Bible College, which is now Randall University. And uh, man, the first month I was on campus, it was dynamite. I mean, it was great. I was living the life. I was enjoying everything. It was awesome. But into that second month, for a two-week time period, I was discouraged, more discouraged than I'd ever been in my life. And it all started, David, with this letter I received. It was a Dear Will letter. Now, it wasn't a Dear John, because my name is not John, but it was Dear Will, 
And it was this letter that from my girlfriend back home that said, you know what, uh, even though I accepted that promise ring you gave me, and do they still do promise rings today? That's, that's a thing of the past. Well, back in my day, we gave promise rings. She promised, she promised her heart to me, but, but she wrote me that. Do what? They don't work. <laughs> Apparently, promise rings are useless. Because she wrote me this Dear Will letter, and she broke up with me, and I was, I, literally, I was devastated. I thought my world had come to an end. I had not met Miss Angie yet. But praise the Lord. You know what? God has better things for us, doesn't he? But I mean, it, the, the, the downward spiral began with that letter, and then I had a head-on collision with the president of the college. He didn't think it was appropriate that I drove my car through campus like it was a race car. <laughs> and I mean, he called me on the carpet. I got in big trouble for that. And then it dawned on me that if I'm going to make a passing grade, I'm actually going to have to study. For a month, I'd been goofing off. I hadn't been doing my work. I'd been having fun. And the realization came to me, just came, just bearing down on me that, you know what, dude, you're going to have to study if you're going to pass. And so for two weeks, I was very discouraged. And apparently, I called my parents during that time, and as sensitive as they are, they picked up on my discouragement. Because two weeks into this, I got a letter from my dad. Now, I'm 19 years old at this point. I had never received a letter from my dad. Why? Because I lived in his house for 19 years. And if he wanted to talk to me, he would, just, he would just talk to me. First letter I'd ever gotten from my dad. And I remember the setting. We'd just finished chapel. I went and got my letter out of my mailbox, went back into the gym where we had chapel. Nobody else was in there. I was seated on the bleachers, and I opened up, and I read that three-page letter. I can't tell you anything he said in the letter, but I will never forget what he said at the end. After he signed it, Dad, love Dad, he gave me this little P.S. Now, I don't know if Dad knew it when he wrote it, but what he shared with me was an old famous Irish proverb. Did you know that was an Irish proverb? Do you even remember what I'm talking about here? Yeah, you remember. Dude, I remember it. It was 40 years ago. Can't tell you anything about that, but I remember the quote. It went like this. Nothing is ever so good that it couldn't be better or ever so bad that it couldn't get worse. Forty years later, I can still quote it. Dallas, why is that? Because it spoke to me. I mean, it just reached out and grabbed me. It made me grow up a little bit and realize, you know what? No matter how good life gets, it can always get better. And on the same hand, no matter how bad this situation is, it can get worse. Dad, thanks for helping me grow up that day. Thanks for giving me that encouragement. But you know what? My discouragement can't get worse, but it also can get better. Are you with me? The dictionary defines discouragement as being deprived of courage or confidence or being disheartened. And it comes when we've been clobbered by the circumstances of life. It's like a quarterback 
who sacked deep in his own territory by two tons of rushing defensive linemen. Now, most of us, if we are emotionally healthy, can pick ourselves up after we've been sacked. But if we're battered again and again, broadsided every time we get up, we're going to lose confidence. And we may even lose stamina, eventually becoming discouraged enough that we might want to throw in the towel and quit. Sometimes we're rejected by the people we love. Maybe you've got one of those Dear John letters, huh? Sometimes we have problems at work and maybe we're even laid off from work. At other times we may get a bad diagnosis from a doctor or one of our children rebels against our authority or the bills pile up and we can't pay them. And often several of these troubles press against us all at once, causing us to become bitterly discouraged. You been there? I think you know what I'm talking about. In 2 Corinthians, more than in any other book, Paul the Apostle wrote openly about the unrelenting adversities that he faced in his life. Now, I... I I don't want to try to run a dead horse, but let me just remind you of some of the things Paul said about his own adversities. For example, back in chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, he says, We do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we even despaired of our own life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the, the, the dead. Paul said we had all the trouble that we could. We had so much trouble we didn't think we were going to live through it. But praise God, we're not trusting in our own self. We're trusting in God. Notice what he said in chapter 2, verse 4. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you, with many tears. Can you pick up what he's saying? He is discouraged. Not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have so abundantly for you. And then we read this in chapter 4 last week. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, yet we're not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Now let me look at me. Have you ever had a bad day? Maybe a bad week? A bad month? Some of you working on a bad life, I know. Whenever I have a really bad day or a bad season, I'll go to chapter 11 in 2 Corinthians and and read about one of Paul's bad days, all right? Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Dude, that's got to hurt. Eh? Once I was stoned. And he ain't talking about that. Okay? It was, it was with rocks. He was stoned with rocks. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often. And here's all these perils he was in. 
in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils out in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. I mean, you talk about a peril, he faced it. Are you with me? In weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, which is my deep concern and my burden for all the churches and for each one of you. You see, Paul endured mental and physical abuse that you and I could never even imagine. Yet he seemed to be immune from abiding, defeating discouragement. He encountered adversity in mega doses, yet he kept bouncing back. I mean, he tells us in this passage, he had been sacked, beaten, rejected, criticized, impoverished, and beaten again. Yet to the very end of his life, he radiated this positive strength, which bolstered all around him. And as I read about Paul and I think about what he went through and all the adversities, I've got to ask the question, what in the world was his secret? <laughs> yeah. How in the world did he do it? Paul, what did you do when you felt discouraged enough to quit and throw in the towel? Well, we don't have to wonder about what his answer would be. He gives us his answer in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. What does it say? Therefore, we do not lose heart. <laughs> you with me? No matter what's happening inside of me or on the outside of me, I am not going to lose heart. Despite all of the setbacks, despite all of the hardships, Paul wasn't going to lose heart. I read this verse in numerous translations this past week, and it was amazing, some of the translations. For example, Philip's translation says, this is the reason we never collapse. The Living Bible says, that is why we never give up. My favorite, though, was Beck's translation. That is why we are not discouraged. Because that's what we're talking about here. Being discouraged. Paul is literally, literally saying, this is the reason I am not discouraged. Yes, I have faced more adversity than any of you. Yet I refuse to be discouraged. You see, there was this inner dynamic working inside of the Apostle Paul. I, I really believe Paul felt like this was his responsibility as a Christian to act this way. When adversity came, this is the way he was going to act. It was his responsibility to act this way. Have you ever looked at that word responsibility? It's really two words, response, ability. In other words, we have the ability to choose the way we respond to adversities in life. Let that sink in a little bit. You have the ability to choose how you are going to respond to life. But most of the time, we don't, we don't make that choice. Most of the time, we simply react. Instead of responding, we react. How do I know that? Because we say things like this. I can't believe this is happening to me. Yeah. Or I just can't deal with this. Or I can't take this anymore. 
we shouldn't just react to the adversities we face in life. We need to respond to them. And not just respond, we need to respond biblically to them. Viktor Frankl learned this in the Nazi death camps. He watched his parents, both his mom, his dad, his brother, and his wife, being carted off to the gas chambers. And one day, when he was all alone, suffering torture and indignity, they stripped his clothes off, put him in this small cell. Not only did they strip his clothes off, they stripped away his dignity. And he was in this small cell all alone. Yet he became aware that there was one thing that his captors could never take from him. And that was his ability to decide for himself how all of this was going to affect him. He had the ability to respond and not just react to the adversity he was facing in life. And you know what? The same goes for you. You choose how you respond. It reminds me of, of what my, one of my favorite coaches said, an old coach of the Longhorns, Fred Akers. He said, I can't always choose what happens to me, but I can choose how I respond to it. And so can you. Paul chose to respond to the adversities he faced in life by focusing on three things. And I really believe if we focus on these same three things, we can rise above discouragement. Are you ready for the three things? If you really want to rise above discouragement, you need to focus on what's happening inside of you, not necessarily what's happening outside of you. Are you with me? We see this perfectly written in verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing... I like the translations that say wasting away. Even though the outward man is wasting away, yet the inward man is being renewed daily. That is day by day. What he is saying is this. Our physical bodies are perishing. Our physical bodies are wasting away. Did you know that's happening to you? Now, some of you young people, you're not going to relate one bit to what I'm talking about here, but one day this thing is going to hit you called getting older. And if you lo live long enough, you're going to experience it. You're, you're, you're going to feel what's happening to your body. Like every morning waking up to a new pain. Something else is hurting. I, I really believe that if I ever wake up in the morning now, and I'm, I'm 59, almost 60, if I wake up in, in the morning and I'm not hurting, then I guess I'm dead. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way it becomes. Okay? Are you with me? Yeah. I, I, wished, I wished I could go back to the good old days. You say, what are the good old days? The good old days were when snap, crackle, and pop was what my cereal said to me in the morning <laughs> when I was eating it. Now, snap, crackle, and pop is what my body's saying to me. <laughs> Only a few of you are relating to me here. The rest of you, you hadn't gotten there or you're in a state of denial, all right? But Paul says it here. 
Your outward body is perishing. Your outward body is wasting away. Now, he goes on to talk about the resurrection. In fact, in chapters 3 through 5, it is full of information about the day when our bodies are going to be raised incorruptible. And let me tell you, that's going to be a great day right there. But he tells us plainly that our greatest concern in this life should not be our physical bodies because they are wasting away. And the moment you were born, you started to die. And if you live long enough, guess what? You're going to die. Now, I say all that to say this. You know what? You still need to take care of your body because it is the temple of God. Okay? So take care of your body. Make, start some good habits in your body. Eat the right kinds of food. Makes you feel better. Exercise. Get plenty of rest. And, and you know what? There's nothing wrong with dressing it up and wearing nice clothes. I mean, if you can afford them, I'm for it. Let me step over here. And ladies, there's, there's nothing wrong with wearing makeup. Now, for guys, I got a problem with it, all right? But <laughs> that, that, that's, that's for another sermon. But still, no matter how expensive your makeup or how often your face lifts or how hip your clothes, bottom line is your body is wasting away. And you can't stop that. So stop worrying about it. He says, change the focus. Instead of being so concerned about this outward body, why don't you be more concerned about what's happening inside of you? Inwardly, you can be renewed day by day. We can have a fresh, hopeful attitude each morning as we cultivate our souls and as we spend time with our Lord. As the outward man loses strength, and you will lose strength, the inward man should become stronger. Now that's a great thought, guys. As you get older, guess what? In Jesus, you can become stronger. And adversities, they can make you stronger. Not discouraged. They can make you stronger. How do I know that? James tells us that. He said, count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let me say it like this. When your life is built on the rock, you can take the pounding of the waves. And so stop looking at the outside. Stop being so concerned about that physical vessel that is wasting away and be more concerned about your walk with Jesus and becoming the person God has called you to be on the inside. You want to do away with discouragement? Build this on the inside. Build your relationship with Jesus Christ. Rising above discouragement, it happens, it happens when we focus on the inward, not the outward. Number two, it, it happens when we focus on the eternal, not necessarily the immediate. I love verse 17. This is, this is great. For our light affliction, which only lasts a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. What he's saying is this, the problems that we face in life, no matter how difficult they are, they are only temporary. 
Come on. The problems that we have in life are only temporary. However, the promises of God, they are forever. They're permanent. Paul was saying, I don't mind enduring a little adversity right now because I'm going to live gloriously forever in eternity. And can I remind you? Eternity is a long, long time. I love what Romans 8 tells us. The sufferings of this present life are not worth even comparing to the glory that's going to be revealed. Are you seeing what he's saying here? We are so focused on right now and the problems that we have right now. I don't know what your problem is, but right now that problem, whatever it is, it's burdening you down. It is weighing you down. It's all you can think about. You carry it with you to bed at night. You sleep with it. You carry it through the day. It's a constant burden on you, weighting you down. Paul is saying, you're looking at it wrong. That problem, no matter how heavy it is, is simply temporary. And in comparison to eternity, it is as light as a feather. Jason, you know I'm going to do it, so come on back up here. I picked on him first service. I'm going to pick on him again second service because I can do that to Jason. He's such a nice guy, right? <laughs> Would you pick that up again, brother? So everybody can see. You know what that is, guys? What is that? It's a 40-pound dumbbell. That's right, David. Now, 40 pounds for you and Jason and Brent, that's nothing. Y'all can throw 40 pounds around all day, can't you? I mean, it ain't nothing. Jason works out every day except Sundays. He doesn't do, or do you work out on Sundays? Only no. occasions. Only, only on occasions if Eli comes right. home, all right? <laughs> but, I mean, this guy's just, I mean, he's just, he's just all muscle because he always, he lifts weights. So really, I mean, honestly, a 40-pound dumbbell is nothing, is nothing for Jason. He can handle, you can do all kinds of stuff with 40, you can curl 40 pounds. Not, not a lot of people can, but you can. Go ahead and curl it for him, show him. That, that's pretty impressive. He, he can do a whole lot of, of curls. Try this. Hold it in your palm like this, with palms straight up like that. This is called a plate, plate curl, and it really, it really works on the heads of the bicep. Just... Like this, keeping your palms straight up, just a little movement, just like that. We call them Brother Wills. You call them Brother yeah, Will brother movements. Wills. Yeah. But you can feel that, can't oh, yeah. you? Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll burn you after a yeah. while. Yeah. And I mean, maybe after oh, 10, 12, you're ready to put that dumbbell down. Mm -hmm. Try this. Do it on an inclined bench, okay? okay? You're on the inclined bench, but you're hanging off with that plate right there, and you're doing what's called spider curls with it. Dude, let me tell you, right there, it'll, nice. it'll get you quick. And after a while, you're ready to put that yeah. thing down. Even though 40 pounds isn't much to you, when you're doing that, mm -hmm. you've had enough yeah. and you're ready for it to go down. Yeah. Kind of like right it's, now. You're, it's adding up. Yeah. Just hold it regular now. Walk around a little bit. Walk around a little bit. Again, it ain't too much for him, but... This is called a time filler in your sermon when you're... Sermon's not long enough. You do stuff like this to fill up the time. Not really. I'm making a point here. Now, again, that's not a lot, but what if you had to carry that thing around all day long? It would get, old. It would get real old, be very heavy. real quick. Yeah. It, even even it, Take it to the refrigerator to yeah. get some milk. I mean, you're carrying that thing, taking it to the bathroom, carrying it to bed with you, sleeping with the thing. It would get burdensome after a while, would Are you getting the point? Now, I've got something else in my hand. It is a paperweight. Somebody in the church gave it to me. He says, 
Harley-Davidson motorcycle. It's pretty cool. cool. That Hold that in your other hand. Oh, it's a weight, but compare the two. Yeah. I like this. You like that one a lot better. You could carry that around all day. Right. It would become maybe a nuisance. You with me? It'd be a nuisance because it's something you got to carry. But you could deal with it, and maybe you could even get used to carrying that, but not that. Right. For sure. Are we good? Yes, sir. You get the point? Agreed. Are you getting the point? You can put that down now, Jason. Way to go, man. You don't have to work out today. We got, we got to work out for you. Give Jason a big hand. There is a point to all of this nonsense. And the point Paul is making is this. You know what? No matter what your adversity is in life, most of you look at it like this 40-pound dumbbell. And you try to carry it around, and it's weighing you down. And all you can think about is that weight that's on your back, that's on your shoulders. Why me? Why am I having to deal with this? Why am I carrying this burden? This is not fair. I shouldn't have to deal with this. I'm too young to deal with this. I'm too cool to deal with this. I shouldn't have to carry this weight around. Woe is me. And all we can focus on is our adversity, and we think it's heavy. Paul says you're looking at it wrong. Compared to all eternity, no matter how heavy your burden is, no matter how big your difficulty is, it's really light compared to eternity. And no matter how heavy the burden or how desperate I become in dealing with the difficulty, he said, I can put up with it because I know what the end result is. No, see if you're like this, like I am. Sometimes I go through a tough week. Matt, I got a lot on my plate. Maybe that extends into another week. And I'm just, I am so engrossed in all the things that are on my plate. It's burdening me down. So what I'll do is I'll look in my calendar for a date two weeks from now when I can have a fun day. Y'all know what fun days are? Just a fun day. And, and, and you know what? I can deal with all the problems I'm facing this week and next week. You know why? Because I got fun day coming. Fun day is someday, and it's coming. And that's what Paul is saying. I can deal with the problems in life because they're light and they're temporary. Fun day's coming. And it's going to last for all eternity. So you want to know how you rise above your difficulties? It's by focusing on the eternal, which is heaven, and not the immediate, which is your problems. Number three, to defeat discouragement, you need to focus on the unseen, not the seen. We see this in verse number 18. Y'all still with me? Okay, I'm almost done. While we do not look at the things which are seen or visible but at the things which are not seen, that is, not visible. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen, here's this word again, they are eternal. Now, what in the world is he talking about? Well, there is a remarkable verse in the book of Hebrews about how Moses dealt with the incredible discouragements that fell upon him day after day. Here's what Hebrews 11:27 says. He, being Moses, persevered, because he saw him who is invisible. 
Are you getting that? Moses was able to persevere. He was able to deal with his difficulties and the things that discouraged him because he was not just looking at the things which were visible. He was looking at what is not visible, him who is invisible. He had his eyes on God. He saw Jesus. And because he saw Jesus, he knew he was going to last for all eternity. Now, folks, you need to understand that the attention of this world is focused on the outward, the temporary, and also the seen. Bible has a verse for that. The Bible describes it like this. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. No wonder our world is as discouraged as it is. We're focused on the wrong thing. We're looking at our external bodies that are wasting away. That causes discouragement. We're looking on the temporary burdens that we're having to bear. That weighs us down. We're focused on only the things we can see. But did you realize all the things that you can see visibly with your eyes are things that will not last? I'm looking at you, and I love you guys. But you know what? You're not going to be around forever. I go every day into our new building. Man, I'm so excited about that new building. And I look at it, all, all the newness and the freshness and the, the enormity of it. We're going to have this huge stage, and we're going to have some really cool things in there. But you know what? The realization is, no matter how cool that is and how new that is, that building is not going to last forever. It's going to become ruins one day. In fact, everything that I can see visibly with my eyes is only temporary. It doesn't last. Therefore, I need to be looking at something that does last. I need to keep my eyes on Jesus Christ, the eternal one. We who are Christians should be focused on the inward, the eternal, and the unseen. Why? Because we live by faith and we walk by faith. You want to rise up above discouragement? Well, dude, keep your eyes on Jesus. Realize this world is not our home. Heaven is our home. And yeah, this old body of mine is aching and hurting. I've got snap, snap, crackle, pop every time I raise my shoulder. But you know what? The real me, the real will is getting stronger every day in my relationship with Jesus Christ. And my Jesus is going to help me through discouraging times. Now the devil... He wants you to be discouraged. Last week, I ended with a donkey story. I've heard more about that donkey story than any story I've ever told. So I'm going to end with another story today. It's not a donkey story. It's a devil story. Right? I got a bunch of devil stories. This is this kind of a legend about the devil. Right? So bits of it are true, truth, but some of the specifics are just made up. You with me? All right? Devil story. The devil decided it was time to have a garage sale. <laughs> he needed to get rid of some of his tools, and so he announced this big garage sale, and the day of the sale came, and he had all these tools 
lined out. They were polished. There was a brief description written about them and then a price tag put on them. And if you could afford one of these tools, the devil would sell one of his tools for you. There was envy. There was jealousy for sale, hatred, malice, deceit, sensuality. There was pride, idolatry, and all kinds of implements that the devil used were on display. Each of the tools marked with their price. However, over in the corner was this worn out, wedged shaped tool that was just, it, it was just, it was abused. It was worn. It was, you could tell that thing had been used and you couldn't clean it up. You couldn't polish it up. And the price tag on that tool was enormous. I mean, you take all these other tools and you add up what they were selling for that price could not even begin to compare with how expensive this tool in the corner was. And so somebody asked the question, Devil, what is that tool and why is it so cotton-picking expensive? And he said, well, that tool is discouragement. And I'll tell you why it's so expensive, because I use it all the time. I can take that wedge and I can use it to wedge my way into a man or a woman's heart. And once I wedge my way into their heart through discouragement, I can do anything I want to with them. That day all the other tools sold, but nobody could afford to buy discouragement. So it remained in the devil's arsenal. And he's still using it today on people just like you. But you don't have to walk out of here burdened down with discouragement. Jesus can free you from that. You've just been looking at the wrong stuff. I'm going to ask that you stand to your feet with your heads bowed. We're using this moment as a time of commitment to the Lord and dedication back to Him. You can do it in your home if you're watching online as well. Just stand to your feet, bow your heads, look at your own life, see what's happening inside of you. If you're here today or listening online and you need Jesus in your life, would you invite Him into your heart? Maybe you've never been saved before. Would you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and, and come into your life? And if you'd like to do that, see one of the pastors after the service. We'd love to pray with you. For the rest of us, why in the world would you leave a service like this today burdened down with discouragement when you have heard from the Bible that you can defeat discouragement? Would you do that today? Put your eyes on Jesus. Pray a prayer right now to him saying, Lord, I've been looking at the wrong stuff. I've been more concerned about this old body that's wasting away instead of renewing my inward man every day. So help me, dear Lord, in my relationship with you. Lord, I've been so burdened down carrying these weights around, and I've been looking at the problem itself. I need to start looking at the problem solver. So Lord, I'm giving you my problems today, and I'm asking you to give me a fresh perspective on eternity. Speak to the Lord right now in your own way. Leave him your problems and walk out of here a different person. Lord, I pray for my friends who are watching online and those who are listening to me in this room. 
I pray, dear Lord, that, that we would not lose heart today, that we would trust you and allow you to work in our lives. Dear Lord, do something new and exciting in our lives and in this church and help us to rise above discouragement and despair. We ask it, trusting in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated just for a moment. So glad you're here today. If you are a guest, uh, if it's your first time here, uh, we'd, we'd like to connect with you. A couple ways you can do that. If you'll look on the uh, seat back in front of you, you'll see a little QR code. If you'll take your phone or your smart device and put it to camera, you can just line that QR code up. It's going to connect you with uh, our website, and you can just fill out a little guest card. If you don't like doing that and want to do it the old-fashioned way, pull out a guest card, fill it out, take it to our Connect counter in just a moment, and we'll answer any question about our church and give you a gift, all right? We just want to connect with you. For those watching online, go to KavanaughChurch.com and uh, fill out that Connect card. We, we just want to say thanks for being with us today and answer any question we can about our church. As you walk out of here in a moment, put your mask on, please, and uh, drop your gift into one of those black boxes. We would appreciate it. Be praying this week for our church and those who need prayer, and go tell somebody about Jesus. Normally, on Sunday nights at 6.30, we have online Bible class. Because of some difficulties this week, that was not able to happen, so we will not have Bible study just tonight. Uh, spend time praying with your family. How's that sound? Seven o'clock Wednesday night. I want everybody here. Have, have you ever just had the desire to find the fountain of youth and to feel younger? Come on. Okay. You can do that Wednesday night if you're an adult. Why? Because our teenagers are going to be in here with us Wednesday to lead us in worship. It's going to be a teen-led worship service. So we get to sing some songs with them. And then Brother Nathan is just, he's going to, he will be drinking coffee all day Wednesday, and he will be wound tighter than a drum, and he's going to preach to us Wednesday night. I'm looking forward to it. Please be here for that service. Love you guys. Be praying about relaunching. It's our turn. That's going to happen on Easter Sunday, which is just a few weeks away, right? Love you guys, but most importantly, God loves you. Go with him this week. You're dismissed.